Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to season three of the Agile World, where we discuss customer and employee experience, organizational and workforce transformation, and how business can adapt and continually improve in an Agile age. The Agile World podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full stack technology services, talent services, and real world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed in this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World podcast. Today, we're going to talk about personalization in a post-cookie era. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Amber Armstrong, Chief Marketing Officer at Live Person. Amber, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Greg. It's great to meet you. Yeah, looking forward to talking with you here. So uh, to get started, let's uh, let's learn a little bit about your background. So why don't you give us a, a few details about uh, you know what brought you to Live Person, uh, where you now serve it as CMO? Yeah, absolutely. So I have been in tech my entire kind of post college career and have worked at a variety of company sizes, very small to very very large with uh, IBM. I was at IBM for almost fifteen years. And I decided I wanted to go to a smaller company and really put all of those great kind of big company learnings into execution. And so I joined LivePerson about six months ago. And the reasons why I came to LivePerson is because I, I love AI. I've been in AI for a long time. And I think it's just such a really interesting space. And LivePerson has great, great tech and is growing incredibly well, which just leads us to a lot of opportunity for continued growth and to really get to, to stretch. Uh, it, you know, it's interesting that the topic, you know, agile world, um, there are a few things I'm really driving at live person. And one of those things is actually agile marketing. And I think it fits oh, into, cool. yeah, it, it starts to fit into, you know, how do we make marketing something that's always learning? And I think that fits also with how we get our brands to really learn from their consumers as well. So I'm excited about the top, the title of your podcast. Always, always great to, um, to talk with people that really appreciate the, the principles and, and stuff. So that's, that's great. Well, yeah, let's, let's dive into the, the main topic then, um, personalization in a post cookie world. So, to help our audience understand exactly what we mean by this, uh, why don't you start by explaining a little bit about what exactly is happening, what post cookie means, and what's the time frames that uh, that are, things are currently moving at. So when you think of what is happening in the the post cookie world, as they like to call it, is third party cookies are either going away or being diminished. The time frame for when that happens is continuing to evolve. So we don't actually know when this is going to happen, but we do know it's going to happen. And what that means for us, you know, and, and you know, the technical aspects of it matter a little bit less than what it means for us. So what do we do about it? And what we do about it is we really prioritize first party data, right? How can you provide information and value to your visitors, your customers in a way that they want to engage with you. And it, it just, it lifts the bar for us as marketers and it lifts the bar for what customers and, and brands and what they have to kind of offer to consumers. 
And I, th- I think it's, uh, it's challenging, but incredibly exciting when you think about how much better the customer experience can be if we don't rely on the crutch of third-party cookies. Yeah. So to, to kind of follow on that, um, a lot of right now, a lot of advertising, a lot of personalization, all these things rely on these third-party cookies. Can you kind of paint the picture of how does personalization work without them? You know, we've been so reliant on them. How, do, how does it, how do you do personalization well without them? So let's take a scenario. If someone visits your website and you don't know who they are because you haven't been able to target them from a, from a third-party site, you have an opportunity to help make their experience better. You can ask them how you can help them. You can ask them what they're for. You can you know, involve chatbots, that sort of thing, to start engaging them in conversation. The brilliant part of this is once you engage someone in a conversation and they decide to engage back with you, then you naturally have consent to talk to them. So you naturally have permission to have that dialogue and they're going to tell you what they're looking for. So you also have intent. Once you've got that combination of intent plus consent, you have a lot of opportunity to create a really great customer experience. I'll give you another example of how that can happen. If you are you know, doing advertising on the web, right? You can you know, do a display ad and drop it into the, to your website and the visitor can roam around and find what they're looking for. Or you could use a conversational ad that drops them directly into a conversation with your brand. It can be with the bot, with, with a live agent. It can be some combination of the, the two, of course. And tell them exactly what they're looking for. Solve their problem immediately without them having to surf around your website and figure it out themselves. It's all about taking the friction out of that process and putting the consumers in control of what they share and how they engage with you. You, you kind of touched on this already, but um, it sounds to me like this is not only there's some kinks to work out, I, I would imagine in the, you know, in the coming years or months, you know, before, before this happens, I'm sure there's a lot of, there's a lot of um, organizations, um, you know, trying to wrap their heads around this, but it sounds like there's benefits to both company companies as well as their customers. Is that, is that a, a fair characterization? Oh, for sure. You know, and the, the way I always like to think about marketing is we're all consumers. And so the expectations that we come into in any time we engage with a brand is based on our consumer experiences. So we all naturally want our brands to know us. We don't want them to creep us out and know too much about us, right? And so this is an opportunity to really put the consumer in control of that information. There's really interesting data when you dig into it, and it's, it's very generational, generational specific. And you know, certain generations really want you to have no information on them. Some generations don't really care, right? And so you don't have to predict that when someone comes into the website. You can let them drive it and then really use automation to create those engagements via the bot to make it a really great experience. And then the great thing is you always learn from that. And as you continue to learn, the experiences get better and better. 
It's also really interesting if you think of an environment where you're using live agents. It's really cool because the agents, instead of just taking customer calls all day, they actually spend time training the AI. And that's, that's a really cool thing for someone to be able to do. They're learning about AI. They're watching it improve based on their feedback. And we've gotten a lot of really positive feedback from the agents that we work with that they really enjoy being able to do that. And so Live Person started primarily as a live chat service and, and made big moves into, into AI with, with your conversational cloud. Where do you see the future of brand to consumer conversations online? Like, uh, What unique role can AI conversations play that more traditional live chat can't perform as well at? Well, there's a couple of things. Uh, one is just the freedom of where you have the conversation and when you have the conversation. So if you think of when live chat started, when, you know, when, when Rob founded live person, it was just, just chat on the web and you could have a conversation, you'd wait for the person to respond. Then you would, you know, you would give a response back and it's a very, you know, you pass the conversation back and forth yeah. happens at exactly the same time. The benefit of messaging is that you can do, you can have a conversation on any channel that you as a consumer choose, whether it's Apple business chat, WhatsApp, Facebook, uh, SMS, it doesn't matter. It's all up to the consumer on the channel that they want to use. And also it's asynchronous. So just like when you text with your friends, you don't sit there and text them and just wait for them to reply back. You text right. them, you do something else. Then they come back and, and you kind of have that conversation. So it's amazing for the brand's perspective because now they can have that agent handling multiple conversations rather than if they're on a phone, they can just handle one. They can handle multiple conversations and they do it at whatever time is convenient for the consumer on the other end. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, cons just like the live agents may not be able to instantly respond to every request. The the consumers are they're in the middle of probably 10 different things and possibly texting with their friends in, in and around those things. So it's sort of to your point about the asynchronous communication, it kind of moves at the speed of the customer as opposed to um, the 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 uh, brand agent, let's say, being the kind of the constraint. Is that do you think that's that's fair? Yeah, that's a hundred percent. I mean, how many times I'm sure you've had this experience in your life, because certainly I have, where you start a chat on the web and then suddenly something happens, a kid comes in, the phone rings, whatever, you get distracted and you end up losing the whole chat and maybe you'll be able to get jump back into it. Most likely not. They kind of end those things over a period of time. That's just incredibly frustrating because then you've wasted a lot of effort and then the other side of that is, you know, you can call, but you're going to have to wait. And then right. sometimes people have a perception that, you know, well, if I use messaging, it's not going to be as efficient and it's significantly more efficient for consumers as well. So it's, there's a lot of benefits to it. Well, let's, let's talk about that efficiency as, as well as other measurements too, because um, how, how are you measuring, you know, quality outcomes, efficiency, all of those things, like how, how should companies look at um, at those measurements? Because they're you know they're definitely measuring uh, call center you know metrics and, and stuff like that. So how how should they be thinking about these types of conversations? Yeah, it's actually really interesting to think about it because 
and we have, we have something called Max that we use it as an, an analytic system that we try to use. We also have a tool called Performance Optimizer because when you migrate your voice calls into messaging, there's a lot of things that have to change in how you measure, right? Because you're not measuring average call time as an example, right? You're not, you're, you're changing the metrics entirely. And with the AI, you can actually infuse things such as sentiment, right? right. It, it, the, some of the, an example of something you may measure with a retailer that we work with that when they, they have conversations in bots with the bots, the bot can handle sometimes up to 70% of the conversations entirely on its own. And the system measures the sentiment and it says, oh, is this customer happy? Where did they start? Are they happy at the start? Are they happy at the end? And how did we migrate through that? And that's something that is, is a lot harder to do on the voice side, um, but it's something that there's, there's a lot of great technologies coming up to really help on the voice side of that as well. Um, that That's really the power is like thinking about not just the normal call center metrics, but the more advanced ones when you move to messaging. When you take that human component out of it, you're not worried about how many people you're tying up at a certain time. I mean, I think that's a lot of the reasons for not every company does this, but a lot of companies are measuring call time as a as a metric when really some some calls need to take a long a long time to do and and stuff. So often the the incentives and the measurements are a little are not aligned with what the customer actually needs. So this kind of takes that that out of the equation. So that's that's really interesting. Well, um, one last question before we um, before we wrap things up here. Um, you know, going back to the the cookieless uh, the cookieless future here. What should companies? We talked about a few of these things, but you know, what what should companies um, be doing now to plan for this? And you know, there's they're probably doing doing their thing advertising and and doing all personalization using third party cookies what what do you think knowing that things are a little opaque as far as timing goes um, but what you know what should they be doing to plan for this and really set themselves up for success the first thing is to really map out what your current dependencies are on third party cookies you just want to know that you want to know where it's being deployed and how, how important is it to what you're doing more broadly? Then I, I think obviously, you know, figuring out how are you going to better engage clients on your website? I think obviously messaging is a great way to do that. But there's other ways too that you can really evaluate the journey on the website to make sure that it is as valuable as possible and as short as possible. So they have the fewest clicks to get where they need to go so that... Once they get there, they can tell you what they what they want if you don't kind of intercept it with the messaging at the top. The other thing is for people that have physical spaces, there's a lot of opportunity to really engage people when they come into the physical spaces. So today, you obviously, if you're a retail store, you have an associate that's there that can help you if you go to, you know, your... your um, your local, uh, any kind of a local store, you know, your local lumber store or building store, you can then figure out, you know, hey, can you help me find this or can you help me find that? 
bots are also an incredibly helpful way to handle the automation of those standard kind of things. And they do it in a way that's really personal. And so as you can get people in physical locations engaging with bots, it opens up a lot more data to you, a lot more insights. Whereas if they had asked the local representative, that information's lost. When it goes into a bot, you capture that and you can learn from it to make the experience better for your face-to-face consumers next time as well. Yeah. So would that, what, what, what would that look like? Would that be through like kiosks or apps or like how, how, how might someone do something like that? You could set it up super easily so that the most basic way would be to have a QR code at the, you know, the entrance to say, Hey, you need help finding something, scan this. That's what you see at the airport, right? When you go to the airport, there's a QR code that says, Hey, need help scan this. That's a great way to do it. You could also do it inside of your app. So if you have an app, add, adding messaging into that, we do that with our hotels all the time. Um, or you could have a separate kind of exchange that is someone there face-to-face that actually starts to say, hey, you know, can you, do you want to engage with this person? I've got this expert that can engage with you. And that could be an expert that's a bot or that could be an expert that's a real expert in that particular thing. Imagine if you're, you know, a high-end store and you know, like like an outdoor store and you really wanna talk to someone who knows a lot about camping in a particular location. Well, you can use technology to really connect people in your physical store with that expert, even if they're not there in that physical location with you. One one more um, quick follow-up here. for those that get it, I think this is, you know, they've probably been reading about cookie lists and post cookie and, and all that stuff for a little bit and, and, and wanting to make moves for those that are in an organization and um, you know, some of the stuff it, it takes some, some doing right. You know, it's um, a large retailer um, moving, you know, making some of these changes. It's not, it sounds like it's pretty straightforward to be able to do, but it, you know, it takes some changes to process and stuff. What what would you be your advice to someone that needs to convince executive stakeholders, you know, somebody, somebody a bit higher up in the organization than them that, you know, Hey, we need to start paying attention to this and, you know, start doing it now. What, what would you tell them? So I, I think you're going to love this answer, Greg. I would tell them to think about it from an agile process. Nice. <laughs> I like it. I like it already. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it, it's how do you want to start small and build it out incrementally, right? So, so try it out, a specific use case. One of the things we do is we build vision videos for clients to show them all the different use cases that they could go after. And that's a really impactful and it's kind of this mind-blowing like, wow, I didn't even think of that. How cool is that? To saying, hey, don't worry about all that future vision. And don't certainly don't go and try to sell all that future vision at once. Start small, try it out, test, learn, figure out what's working, what's not working, throw in some good old retrospectives in there, and then expand to the next use case and the next use case. And as you do that, you start to build up experience that makes each of those use cases better and better. And depending on, you know, from, from our using messaging, from our perspective, 
um, it's pretty easy to expand because the way we charge is just by how much you use the system. So you can start relatively small and then whenever you're ready, expand out and then expand out a little bit more as you go. That's great. I love it. And definitely, definitely agree with the, the agile and the pilot project and, you know, just that whole, you know, that, that, that whole approach. That's, that's great. Well, Amber, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, LinkedIn. I'd love to talk to people on LinkedIn. So that's my, my uh, social media of choice these days. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Amber Armstrong, Chief Marketing Officer at Live Person for joining the show. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Agile Workforce, from my website at theagile.world.